This is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Larder Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. This is Kevin Bird from Two Guys Garage, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Wow, this is really exciting. No, no, the way! The way! Oh, right. Look at that. Strike both ways. Watch. Watch. Oh, a six-foot swirl! in the morning. You know one time we had a hail bomb for 12 hours when it was all over I walked up. We didn't find one of them, not one stinking big body. Smell, you know that gasoline smell, a whole hill. Smells like victory. Okay, listeners, welcome. We are live here in the downtown Clearwater area. So for all you listeners, run your computers real quick. Google Shantalk1340.com. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Hey, Bill, how you doing tonight? I'd like to say this song's going out to Tropical Debbie. Tropical Debbie, yeah. She's blowing up a big one for us, isn't she? 
But anyway, hey, you know, we uh, we, we just played a little clip there from uh, Apocalypse Now. That was kind of a cool piece. And, of course, you're an ex-vet. we got the 4th of July coming up. We had Memorial Day. So, hey, my salute to all you guys out there. And our guest this evening was a former Navy, but he was kind of like, well, hanging out with the SEALs guys. So, with the Navy SEALs, doing some really cool stuff with them. So, at any rate, we're going to play some really different music for a change. You know, it's all wrapped around the guests. So, hey, let's go ahead and drop the needle in the groove and let's get that first song. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727 501 9090. That's 727 501 9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 501 9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. 
They have daily specials, happy hour, nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Gravis Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72, plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. All right, we're back and we're live. Hey, in case you just tuned in, this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, it's very rare that I fail to mention that at the beginning of the show. But this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. <laughs> okay. Right, Bill? All right. Anyway, hey, a couple of uh, shout-outs to my friends down at Cop Cars Online. That's uh, Mark and John down there. Give them a call if you need a squad car. 727-536-2677. Also, big shout-out to my buddies over there at Hollywood Wheels. Make sure you check out HollywoodCarAuctions.com and the upcoming Festivals of Speed. This will be the third event, and it's going to be in uh, at the Ritz-Carlton. I'll bring you guys up to speed on that, and I'll give you a ha-ha, no pun intended, to bring you up to speed, for Festivals of Speed, which will be at the Ritz-Carlton here, I think, sometime around November. Okay, and uh, I want to also say a big shout-out to my friends over there at Predator Performance over in Largo. Matter of fact, I was over there this afternoon, and uh, their number, by the way, is 727-539-0218. That's 727-539-0218. And their specialty is, is they maintain and service and repair and transport and build and prepare high-end race cars for a lot of the guys that show up at these vintage races. For example, in two weeks, I think the big race is at Road America, Elkhart Lake, up in uh, Wisconsin, okay, just north of Milwaukee there, west of Sheboygan. It's a very, very famous racetrack. And then also Pebble Beach is coming up in August, okay, so the big Monterey event, okay, at uh, Laguna Seca is the big vintage race over there. And uh, these guys have some amazing cars down there. Matter of fact, I was down there this afternoon, and there's a car down there that I'm going to be appraising, and it's a 1969 Ferrari Daytona Coupe replica race car, but it is built uh, vintage period correct. So that's going to be kind of a cool car and i'm looking forward to doing that appraisal because that's a really neat piece now when i get into that you know we got a little more time i'll go into detail on some of those cars we've got like i said we got a really really fascinating guest coming on this evening and you got him on the line already 
Just about. Okay, so here we go. And you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And that was a little feature from the movie Warriors. Anyway, let me tell you about my guest. This guy is, like I said before, the former Navy. He uh, is a real true car guy. He's been on a number of TV shows. You probably remember him from Muscle Car TV. He was involved in the uh, other TV show, The Ultimate Build-Off. He currently has his own TV show that airs weekly called Car Fix. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show Lou Santiago. Lou, are you there? Hey, we need some applause here in the background. Dude, that Warriors clip is such a, that movie's so cheesy, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Oh yeah, it's just one of the, it's, it's, it's going to be a cult classic someday, I'm sure. It probably already is. I mean, it's, I don't, rem, I don't even remember when it came out, but it's, oh God, it's such a B movie. That's what makes it so great. Absolutely. It's so bad. <laughs> so how are things up in North Carolina? Dude, it's hot, man. It's hot? Great googly moogly, it's hot. <laughs> it's that hell hot. 
You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Lou, for our listeners, because a lot of them don't uh, know you personally, like I do a little bit. But anyway, why don't you give us a little history and your background, you know, where you're from, what you've done car-wise, and then uh, we'll get into talking about some of the cool stuff you're working on. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty uneventful, actually. We started out in the Bronx. Then we moved out to Long Island. Then I went in the Navy. And I've always messed with cars. I mean, like, I started messing with cars when I was 13. And then when I was in the Navy, I worked on heavy equipment. I was a CB. And uh, me and your engineer now are both 70%, so that works out really great. So, I, you know, I get, I get the check from the government. I'm retired <laughs> Navy. And, uh, yeah, you know, I spent some time with the guys at SEAL Team 8 and Spec War Group. I did some time at, at uh, one of the CB battalions in Gulfport, Mississippi. And, I mean, I just, you know, I'm hanging out now in North Carolina. Wow. It was, I mean, really, it's, it's, it's not like I tried to get on the TV. It was, it's just been one of those things. I stumbled into it, and now I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I don't, I, don't under, I don't quite fully understand it. <laughs> well, when did, you, when did your big break come in a TV gig? I, um, I actually I run two TVs in my shop for noise mm-hmm. because I, work, I, I'm, I'm, I always work by myself. I, don't, I used to have a couple of guys working for me years ago, but I stopped doing that. And... On the morning, in, the, in Sunday mornings on Spike TV, they would show the Three Stooges in the morning. Then they'd have the Power Block, and then they had the old Kung Fu movie. Do you remember the old Kung Fu movie? Oh yeah, with David Carradine. Yeah, date yourself, Rob. It's okay. Okay. And I would listen. <laughs> You're I watching would li- me. I would watch. You know, I basically listen to everything. And one day they had this thing where it said, you know, if you think you can be the next host on Power Block, yada yada yada. And then probably three, four months go by. And they had on uh, Extreme 4x4, Jesse was talking about this free four-link calculator that they had on PowerBlock's website that you could download. So probably another three months after that, I'm finally looking for this four-link calculator because I've always done mine, you know, with a tape measure and plumb bobs, you know. And uh, I find this application, and, and it says, you know, it says right across the top that they're done taking people and all that. So I filled it out because I was bored, and I was looking for something else. And on the bottom, it said 25 words or less, describe yourself. And I put, I collect stamps. And hit enter, and it went away. And probably three weeks later, a month later, I get this email, didn't open it. And it sat there for probably a month on my computer. And I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what it was because, you know, I didn't know who did the, it said it was from RTM. And I never, I never knew who did the production because I never really watched the shows. And... I opened it up and it said that they wanted, you know, a headshot, a uh, five-minute video, and a resume. So I sent them a Polaroid picture instead of an eight by ten. And you know, you know, how on the bottom of the Polaroid, it's got that little white strip. Yep. It, on the bottom, I put they wouldn't let me have the one from the post office. <laughs> and I drove around with it in my car. It was like a week late, and I finally mailed it. And then they called me and they asked me to come to Tennessee. So I went to Tennessee for the day. I did, you know, I did. I stood in front of the camera, and then I came home. Next thing I know, they were offering me a job. Wow, <laughs> super! Did you get to meet? Literally, that, that's how it happened. Did you get to meet Jim? Is it Jim Cozy, Cozy, or something like that? He's the. I met Jim. I met Jim when he was with Zoom. Oh, okay. Zoom clutches got bought by somebody. I remember Zoom clutches when I was growing up. Yeah. And they got bought and sold a bunch of times. They got bankrupt a couple times, I guess. And then some, some company in South Carolina bought them. 
and they got Jim from B and M, I believe it was. Uh-huh. And then he went he went to run Zoom, and that's where I met Jim. Okay. And then he, what happened was, I, I I don't know I don't know if Zoom went away again or if the I don't something happened with Zoom because they were in Mooresville and now they're not there and Jim left and then he turned up at RTM but he got to RTM after I left. Okay. But yeah, I like Jim. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. You, I think he still has his house in Mooresville. I think. Don't I'm not sure. Me. I met him out at C, at uh, what did I meet him? I met him in Scottsdale. He was out there doing some stuff because he's real good friends with Corky Coker. And I guess they're right. talking. They're talking about doing another show now, something like a, a barn find show or something like that. Well, they're doing that show. Um, was it a uh, uh, search and restore or something like that? Is that their show? Okay. Yeah, they're doing Tim Strange. He do, he's the host of it. Okay. But I, I, it's, I guess it's kind of like an overhauling thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know they, they but I think they're I don't I don't know I've never seen it I just know that. When I was at SEMA, they had a thing saying that the new show was, I believe, it was Search and Restore. Okay. Do, yeah. you, do you get a chance to watch a lot of the other shows, or do you not? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm always in my shop working, so I don't, I don't do it. And when I'm, when I'm in my shop running, when, running my TVs, I'm, I'm listening to cartoons. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> hey, we got a Three Stooges thingy out there for us, Bill. Whoop, th- find us Three Stooges for us. You can play that. Whoop, 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 whoop. There you so go. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Stooges, <laughs> man. <laughs> 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 Mo, Larry the Cheese. Mo, Larry the Cheese. Mo, Larry the Cheese. Slowly I turn inch <laughs> by inch, step by step. <laughs> step by step, Niagara Falls. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, that's classic stuff, man. Absolutely, yeah. That's classic. That's funny. So then, but see the thing. But you know, the thing is, is I mean, I don't. I hate listening to the radio, quite honestly, because all the major stations now they play the same stuff, and it's really hard to find an independent radio station. Mm-hmm. So when you find one and they play cool music, it's great. But I haven't found one in, around here. There was I used to get a. Uh, a college radio station, but I don't get them all the time. There's one that I, we listen to down here. Is it called Jack FM, Bobby? What is the name of it? I'll tell Santa Claus on you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you can throw a couple of those in from time to time, Bill, because I know you like looking for that stuff. But anyway, there's a radio station uh, or a radio program type deal, and it's it's around the country, and it's called Jack right. FM. And what we liked about them, we found it by accident, myself, uh, my son and I, and my wife, when we were driving around. And the, what I thought was cool is it says, we play what we want. And mm-hmm. they play a lot of different stuff, not the run-of-the-mill, you know, dopey stuff right. that they play over and over and over, redundant garbage. They play some really cool stuff. Right, and see, I've, I've heard of Jack FM. I've actually listened to it in Boston, in New York, and uh, I think it's out in Vegas. There are, is, they don't have it around here. Well, what we do is my son's got it hooked up to his computer, and then he runs it through a stereo system. So that's how we get it all the time. So you could probably do the same thing. Oh, okay. So... A lot of times you almost have to do that. So they'll be live. So you can pick them up in, uh, you know, in Jacksonville. You can pick it up in Vero Beach. You can pick it up in Boston or wherever they might be or out west and then just run through the computer and bingo. So, yeah, uh, see, that, see, then I'd, I'd listen to the radio then. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm not going to pay for, for like, XM. No. Because to me that doesn't make sense. Because especially when you can still get the stuff for free, why bother? Absolutely. <laughs> it's not that I'm cheap. It's just that. You're thrifty. Have the money. <laughs> you're thrifty. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so then yeah. your, your your first TV gig was then what? Muscle Car TV, right? Yeah, it was Muscle Car. I was the, I was the original host, and then Jared came in on the, on the third show. Jared mm-hmm. came in, and then me and Jared worked. We did 15 shows. Jared left. 
I stayed and did two full seasons, and then I left because of family issues. And then I was at, and you know, I just I was out of work for two years, and then you know the economy tanked. So I was just you know piddling around the house, and then I got a phone call from a gentleman named Terry Danhauser at, at Discovery, and he asked me if I would be interested in coming to California, stand in front of a camera for Ultimate Car Build Off, and I said okay. So I went there, and they loved me. So I turned up getting, I got that, and we did ten shows, but. In the middle of our production, the top three guys in Discovery got fired. So the show became an orphan because the new guys didn't, you know, they weren't going to lay claim to it because it wasn't theirs. So we did 10 shows of that, and they showed it everywhere because it was really funny because one day I got this email. I don't even know where it came from. This email shows up, and it was Ultimate Car Build-Off, like in Polish or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just funny because... You know, like everything, every they, what they did was they just VO'd the whole show in, in, in whatever language it was. So there I am speaking like Polish. It was huge comedy to me. <laughs> <laughs> A Puerto Rican Polish kid from New York. Go figure. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and we did 10 shows of that. It didn't get picked up. And then it was another two years, and then I got car fix. That's what happened. Now, the does the, the, the in uh, Muscle Car TV when you guys were working on some of the projects, and I watch, I don't get to watch a lot, but occasionally I'll catch one or I'll catch the reruns. I remember distinctly you were working on the Mustang. You're building some really badass '65, '66 fastback. Yeah, the ro- the road race Mustang. The road race yeah. Mustang. Do you have a say so in which projects you're going to do, or how does that work? Well, it was kind of weird because that that show. That show basically morphed in, it was a really fab-heavy show, mm-hmm. and it did really well as far as the numbers were. It didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of advertisers because it was so heavy and fab, and because they really didn't have anything for us to do, and they left us to our own vices, that's where it, it got really wacky. Because originally that car was, they, uh, it was, we didn't know what it was going to be at first, because they didn't, they didn't know. They didn't know. And we were in a meeting, and at the time, I had this director named Chris, and uh, we're in this meeting trying to figure out what we're going to do with this with this Mustang. And I got I got pissed off because you know nobody was, everybody had their own ideas, and no one wanted to listen to me. So the guy who owned it is a guy named Mike Cranford, who runs uh, uh God, what the hell, uh, Patton's air compressors. That's what it was. He's out of Mooresville. And he ran the air system in the whole in, in RTM. So in the middle of this meeting, I pick up the phone, I pick up my cell phone, and I go and I call I call Mike, and I go, Mike, say yes. And I put him on speakerphone. He's like, What? I'm like, Say yes. And he goes, Okay, yes. I said, Mike said he wants a full tube chassis race car. I'm done. And I got up and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> you set him up. <laughs> and that's what I did. And, and we built a full chassis race car. <laughs> no, but that was a pretty cool piece. Is that car still around? I'll be honest with you, I had gotten an email from a guy, and he said that the car, that he bought the body on eBay. Really? But that's all I know about it. I heard, I heard the car got stripped, and that this guy owns it, and he, you know, he wanted to talk to me about building it. So, I don't, you know, other than that, I, I couldn't tell you what happened. And I think I saved the email, but I don't, you know, I... When, you know, when, with everything going on with me, I never got back to the guy because it, you know it was just 
I didn't have any work going on. I didn't have any space in my shop because I outgrew it. And I just, I should, I should track the guy down and yeah. see what's going on. Just from the start. You never know. He might be listening to the radio show and contact me again. Absolutely. That's yeah, a great marketing <laughs> tool. So then Ultimate Build-Off, how did that go? I mean, uh, what were some of the projects that you worked on there? And did you have, you know, some input as to what you guys were doing there? Well, the first, the 10 shows, they already had the projects picked out. They already had the shops picked out, everything. So I didn't have any say in that. And originally what was supposed to happen was me and the other host is, is, uh, is ACP, Andrew, Andrew Comrie Picard. He's a rally car driver out of Canada who now lives in California. We was, originally they wanted to get two hosts, and each one of them were like the fifth guy on the team. And they would build, but being that Andrew doesn't build, all we did was host, which was fine because I had never had just a hosting gig, so it was pretty. It was a different animal. But they had everything already slated. If we would have got a second season, we would have had more. You know, we would have been able to have been more involved with you know the picking of the shops and the picking of the projects and that kind of stuff. So the answer to your question is on the on Ultimate Car, and I really didn't have any say. What was going on? But it was a different animal, and it was it was a cool show. I liked it. What were some of the projects that were done on there that you really thought were cool? We did the push me pull you cars, which were neat because they had to take two cars, two front wheel drive cars, cut them in half, put the fronts together, and then they had to do a series of events where they you know where both halves had to work. They did the tank tread vehicles where they got tracks from like Bobcat or something and made tank vehicles, these crazy tanks. And uh, then there was the wheelie, the wheelie bikes. And what was the other one? Oh, the best one. The best one was the golf carts that they had to drive into a pool, submerge them, pick something up, resurface, and then drive out of the pool. In oh, golf really? carts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty neat. <laughs> wow. Well, now, would that show be kind of like a little takeoff on uh, on um, Jesse James? Yeah, junk. Okay, Junkyard Wars. That was it. That was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, okay. ex- that's exactly what it would be like. The sister of Junkyard Wars. The only, basically, the only difference was, I don't think they had a time limit on Junkyard Wars, right? I don't remember. I thought they did. Yeah. They might. Uh, they might yeah. have. But it was our show at the end because it was it was a, a tournament style. The, the the winner got a hundred grand. Oh really? Like yeah, because what they did was we had there was they there was a winner out of California, a winner out of Detroit, and a winner out of Atlanta, and then the three winners build, and then they had a competition, and then whoever wins gets a hundred grand. Now the people yeah. the the people that competed in this event how did they how did they select the guests or the uh, the players for the for that for that particular show? I don't know because I, you know, I wasn't part of that. Okay, I would I would imagine that it was people that they had knew because, <clears throat> excuse me, Todd Mesero was the executive producer, and Todd had done I think four seasons of Monster Garage, and he had done a bunch of other car shows. Mm-hmm. So he's he, that's like his deal is car shows. So Todd, he just knows so many people in different shops because of all the years of TV. And then some of the other people in the crew had shot a bunch of automotive TV. So I think they had a list of, of shops already picked out. You know what I mean? So getting people wasn't an issue. Because I know um, Voodoo Choppers out of, out of Detroit, 
they did biker build-off. You know what I mean? And then Atlanta Air Exchange, uh, uh, what's his name, Ron. Ron, the owner of Atlanta Air Exchange, he did an episode of Monster Garage. And then there was a, one of uh, Hollywood Hot Rods. If, if I'm not mistaken, the guy, um, Troy Ladd at Hollywood Hot Rods, he did a couple of shows that Todd was involved with. So everybody, everybody was somehow connected as far as the shops went. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and you know, that, that's how they did it. And I know they had a list if we got a second season because I had actually looked at the list. There was a couple guys in Utah that we were going to go look at in some other places because they wanted to do different spots all over the country. It's a shame it never happened again because I, I would have enjoyed it. What was the cool. what was the problem there? You just think because the uh, the the guys the, the original guys got canned and then the new guys didn't want yeah. anything to do with it, really. Yeah, the show became an orphan when when the got when the guys who who put it on with it with it, you know the guys in charge of Discovery, you know when they went away there was nobody to fight for the show so the show just became an orphan. What happened to you that? Know, and it just it just died. What happened to that uh, Todd guy? Todd is still around trying to do TV. Oh really? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I keep in touch with him, and uh, I'm actually working on, I'm trying to get some of my own stuff going where it's going to be all online mm-hmm. tech videos, Okay, and uh, we're talking about building a truck for him and doing shooting all the tech. Oh, okay. So we're talking about doing it, and at the end of it, he'll get a truck, because Todd wants an old truck, so I told him I'd do it for him. Just like that 56 we were talking about yesterday? Yeah, you... but actually it'll be, a, it'll be a 53. Oh, 53, okay. Yeah, it'll be a '53 on an S10 chassis with a with a V8 in it, fuel injected, real simple. I mean, just a nice driver, you know what I mean, with a five-speed, mm-hmm. something cool, and and that way he doesn't have to worry about emissions in California and all that, and he's good. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, how did the the new your latest show come about, uh, Carfix? I I just got an email from Brenton Productions, the guys who do Truck You and Two Guys Garage. Uh huh. Asking me if I would be interested in doing a show, so I called them and they said they they they'd fly me down to Tampa, and I went down there and stood in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that what happened, man? <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty uneventful when you look at it. <laughs> Do the uh, now? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that that show's actually as is, as in the case of Two Guys Garage. They're both filmed over here, right on the east side of Tampa, aren't they? Garage, Carfix, Two Guys Garage, and uh, Truck U are all shot in the same building. Okay. They just schedule, everyone has a corner, and they just schedule it where nobody overlaps, and then they just film them. Yeah. What do you, now, what's what's your idea of the ideal car show? Now, I'm sure you're, you've been involved with a few of them. You've watched a few of them. I mean, if you were an outsider and you were, and you had to pick a show or design a show that you think everybody would like or the majority of people would like, what would that show comprise of? It'd be tech. Tech, really? That's, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do. I want to do my show online, and it's going to be tech, hardcore tech. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I'm I go to shows, and I'm hanging out. And I mean, I go to show, I go to shows just because I want to. I don't go to shows because of appearances. I go because I like cars, and I get people coming up to me, and I get guys, you know, like my dad's age, you know, late you know, late 60s, early 70s, and they'll tell me, I learned something watching your show. And I think that's pretty cool 
And then I get, you know, I'll get kids coming up to me, you know, 15, 16-year-old kids saying that they've learned something. So to me, it only makes sense to have something like that because there's, there's always a kid every day, a kid wakes up and they don't have anybody to teach them how to change an intake manifold or put a muffler on their car or something like that. There's always, because I mean, I was one of those kids, you know, I mean, my dad, my dad was an iron worker, man. He didn't, he didn't do cars. You know, I'm the only car guy in my family. I'm the only one. So I would have to hang out with the older guys in my neighborhood who all drove and they were all building cars. And that's, that's where I cut my teeth. And then I just, you know, when I was in high school, I went and got a job in a body shop sweeping the floors. I didn't like that. So I worked there for about a year, year and a half. I left. And then I worked at a, uh, at a gas station for a while. And I enjoyed doing that. And then when I went in the Navy, I, was, I, got, I got the opportunity to work on heavy equipment. And that's what I really love. I love working on heavy equipment. But I can't do it anymore because of my back. My back is hammered. I already had back surgery. So I mess with cars. And even with cars... I decided to specialize in chassis work. So that's what I do. When you now you got a place up there in the Carolinas, so you have what, like a shop behind your house? Is that the way that works? And you do Yeah, I got a thirty six by forty shop behind my house. I'm actually adding a thirty six by thirty to it. So I'm I'm just shy of doubling it. And uh, I'm just quietly building cars. Quiet, quiet. You can't build a car quietly. You make a lot of noise and rack it. You know, that's there's no one around me, so it's great. <laughs> Nice and quiet. You know, it's, that whole, it's that whole tree falls in a forest. You know, that kind of deal. <laughs> I got an email here real quick from a customer or from a listener. He wants to know, what ship were you on in the Navy? I did three Westpacs as a CB. Now, let me tell you something. Okay. There's only two commands in the entire Navy, well, three commands in the entire Navy were CBs go on ships, ACB-1, ACB-2, those are the amphibious construction battalions. They do the, the causeway sections, the floating bridges, mm-hmm. and Beachmaster Unit 1 out of Coronado, California. I was in Coronado, and we went on all the gator freighters because we would have to do beach landings. You know, in the war movies, the guy, you got these guys standing on the beach waving at flags and stuff at boats? Yeah. Telling the boats? Yeah, we were those guys. Oh, okay. So I was on... The Point Defiance. We did. I did ops on all, on all these ships, and then I made I made a I made three Westpacs on the Cleveland. But I was on the Tarawa, the Point Defiance, the Peleliu, the uh, Fort Fisher, the Cleveland, and there was another one. There was an LHA, the Bellawood. So I got to spend time on all of them. But I did three Westpacs on the USS Cleveland. Did you ever go? And there? I've got my shellback card. What's that mean? See, I'm not familiar with a lot of that stuff, so... I, I crossed the equator. Oh, you crossed the equator. Yeah, I crossed the equator. Is that like Twice. a... Really? Is that like a big deal? I mean, kind of... A, kind it of. It used to be, but, you know, now that... now, And I'm going to go out and say it because it's politically incorrect. Now that everybody's a bunch of fags, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> hey, you're not hurting my feelings because I'm so far to the right, it's not funny. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. come on, man, just... Just quit being a baby and do what you got to do and move on. You know, they, they're not killing anybody. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, when you cross the equator, you get a shellback card. And it's like this, it's pretty comical, actually, because, like, they have King Neptune and you got to meet Neptune and it's this big fat guy on the ship. And it's just wacky. You crawl through garbage. You spend a day just wallowing around in garbage. 
<laughs> basically, you become a shellback. When you cross, when you cross over in Antarctica, you get a blue nose. And I don't know what you do for that because I never had the opportunity. But yeah, so I got a shellback card. Now, when and we, it's not very often that CBs get them. When were you in the Navy? I mean, what during what period? I was in from 1981 to 1996, 97, and oh, really? then I retired. That was when Clinton was putting everybody out early. I see. So I had 16 years in when I retired. My wife was diagnosed with cancer, and I was at SEAL Team 8. And what, hap- I, I, what happened was, was that I, I, I got screwed because I had to do a humanitarian transfer. And when I did that, I basically didn't have a home. Like they, you know, like they carry every everybody on the books is somebody is somewhere. You're attached to someone, and they carry you on their books, basically. Well, when you do something like a humanitarian transfer, you don't, you know, for all intents and purposes, you don't have a command. They attach you to a command, but you don't count against that new command for manning purposes. So I was attached to the recruiting district at a Raleigh for six months. I did two humanitarians, so it turned out being a year, but. I had no command, so when that time was up, I had to try and get orders. And my detailer wanted to send me to the West Coast, and I was like, I can't do that. You know, I, just, I can't do it because my wife's in the middle of chemo. There's got to be a better option. And, and she was like, no, you're going to California. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not, I can't do it. So I just fought to retire, and these two guys helped me get retired. And one day, I got a phone call from this guy, and he was like, you're tired. You're done. Ominous Dominus. I was done. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. It was the weird. It, I'm telling you, Rob, it was the weirdest thing because we fought for like six months to, to, so I could retire. And I got this call from this guy named Joe, Joe Drone. I was in my shop building a transmission. And he goes, uh, goes is this Petty Officer Santiago? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, my name is Joe Drone. I work for the uh, CNO of the Navy, the Chief of Naval Operations, the head Navy guy. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I didn't know what to say. He's like, he goes, you don't understand. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, I, don't, I don't get it. Why, why are you calling me, you know? They don't, you know, I'm just this guy trying to retire. Why would the CNOs people want to talk to me? And he goes, uh, he goes, I'm calling to tell you you can retire. When do you want to retire? And I was like, whenever you want me to. And he said, how about the end of this month? I said, that's fine by me. Wow. He said, there's Santiago, you retired at the end of this month. Take care of your wife's Godspeed. And I was like, cool. <laughs> it was that simple, man. I mean, it was no, it was just really weird because I know these guys that retire and they have these big ceremonies and it's this big hoopla and I, I did it by a phone call. Wow, that's great. That's great. Got yeah, it. it was it was really crazy. It really was. So now you were you were up in uh, North Carolina, so that's when you decided to move there? Since you're already, I had already you're... bought the house here. Oh, okay, I see. Because what happened was, I had had, you know, over the years, I had had friends that retired, and I had noticed, you know, that I just noticed this, you know, when you buy a house, they do it on your current income. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, you retire, you lose all that income, your retirement check is a portion of what you've got, and you're starting over. And I, you know, I knew some guys... That had, that had bought their house before they retired and they got what they wanted. And their retirement check covered either all of their mortgage or most of their mortgage. And, you know, 
my dad was living with me, and you know we we had a my son Nathan was born, so he was he was less than a year old, and you know we would just you know we had to come up with a plan. So me and my wife talked about it, and we said you know what let's just let's find a place to live, let's buy this house, and I'll do the last years standing on my head, and when I get when when I retire, we got a place. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry about trying to start over and all of that. And we just, we happened to find this house in North Carolina. So that's what we did. That's super. Yeah. And I mean, and, and as it stands, the, the, the retirement check covers, you know, just about all, well, it covers all the mortgage because my dad sold his house in New York and we were able to put a really hefty down payment on his house. So it drove the mortgage way down. My mortgage is under a thousand dollars a month. Oh. So, you know, it drove it down and we were able to, that's how we've been able to survive with her having cancer and me not being able to work because of the economy because our mortgage is so low. Well, that's good. It's worked out really well. Plus, you have a family, too. you got to take care of the rest of them. Right, exactly. i got I got four kids, man. Yep, i got one from a previous marriage and three in the house. So, you know, i got a full household. Yep. Well, hey, let me ask you this. What are some of the other projects you've been working on here lately? I'm doing a 69 convertible Camaro. It's a Dynacorn body with an LS, LS3 with a 5-speed, 9-inch Ford, 5 inches off the ground, 18s all the way around. And then uh, I'm actually going to do a couple of Ford trucks. I got a kid that comes over and helps me. He's in UNC Charlotte with my son. Him and, they've been, him and my uh, son have been together forever through school. So he comes over and helps me. So we're going to back half his Ford truck, and I'm going to cut the front end off it and build a custom front end for it so we can drive around town with that. And then I'm going to do a uh, 66 Chevy truck for a guy now. And we're going to just figure out what comes next. Now, you, you talked about those films those uh, that you want to do yourself, those like tech films and stuff. What mm-hmm. is that going to entail? Are those, are those going to be kind of like how-to films that you want to market, yeah. basically? Okay. Yeah, it's going to... I want to do stuff where... You know, you build a transmission, and it's all step-by-step. A guy could literally download it, go in his shop, and either put it on a DVD or put it on his laptop, and he can build a transmission. That's what I want to do. You know, build an engine or go to a machine shop and, and you know, talk to, talk to the machinist on why you need to do certain things. Because I've been to machine shops getting engines built, and I'll tell a guy, you know, I want to have the block line board. And they're like, oh, you don't need that. I'm like, yeah, you do. You know, you need it for a reason. It's to make sure that everything is square. And I'll have guys argue with me over that, you know, what you need and what you don't need. And my philosophy is if I'm paying you to do the job, do the job I want you to do. That makes sense. You know, right. You know, but they'll sit there because it's, they don't want to do it. They just want to collect your money and go about their business. And I want the job done, you know, the way I want it done. So I'm going to. Do, do videos so people could see it. And then they could... I would rather have somebody informed, put it that way. Okay. You know, when you go when you go to get something done, there's no reason in the world why you should get ripped off. Right. People get ripped off because they just don't know. It's not that they're ignorant. It's that they don't know. If you don't mess with cars, you don't know what you're getting into when you go to a shop. That's I tough. had a friend of mine, she had a Honda, and... The transmission went out, and I told her, I said, you tell them that you want to see the hard parts. They'll know what you're talking about. It's a transmission shop. So I took her to get her car. It was stationed at CLT made at the time. 
We get in my car, we go over there, and I tell and I told her before we went in, just tell me you want to see the hard parts. And she's like, Well, I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm like, you don't need to you don't need to know what you're looking at. I know what I'm looking at. We go in there and she tells the guy, Yeah, I need I want to see the hard parts. I want to see what was wrong with my transmission. So he reaches under the counter and he pulls up a box of parts and he starts telling her all this stuff and I go, Wow, when did GM partnership with Honda <laughs> I could have sworn those were seven hundred R R four parts. The guy turned white as a ghost, man. <laughs> and her tranny bill went from $2,200 to 150 because all they had to do was flush out the tranny. Oh, boy. That's, that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. So think about it. If, if somebody at least knows what questions to ask, they could save a lot of money, especially now, man. Cash is tight, and a lot of these repairs on these cars ain't cheap. They're not cheap, so why not ask questions? It does. It's you need to ask questions. You know, my my mother-in-law has a uh, what is that car? It's like a Geo Tracker or something. It's one of them things. Mm-hmm. And the O2 sensor kept going bad. And you know, I finally go down to the dealership with her. I don't have any diagnostic stuff. I don't have the new stuff. But I go to the dealership with her, and they're like, "Yeah, the O2 sensor is bad." And I told the guy, "Man, this is this is the second one in six months." What's making that O2 sensor go bad? Boy, it just goes bad. I'm like, nah, it doesn't work like that, dude. Something's making <laughs> it go bad. I need you to figure out what is making that go bad. Something is make is telling that thing that there's something wrong. And the guy wants to argue with me on what it is. You know, so I was talking to a friend of mine, and he told me, he said, you need to just, it's the cheap gas. There's so much alcohol in the gas, it's, 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 it's giving it a code. I told so he told me just run mid grade gas and it problem went away. Really, the gas, it, the, the ethanol gas, a high, a high uh, 10, 15, 20% ethanol caused the. It was o- wreaking havoc on on the O2 sensor. No kidding. Yeah, it was, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know why because I, I don't, I don't really mess with the newer stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just getting into electronic fuel injection, but he told me that he's he's run into this problem before, and. He figured out what he does is he dumps a can of sea foam in, the, in it, and he runs premium through the car. Then the, the check engine light goes away. He runs a scan on it, and the code is gone. He said there's something in the gas. Maybe it's pulling too much moisture. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But my mother-in-law has not had a problem with her car with the O2 sensor now for two years. Since so she put better and quality gas. it's the gas. same O2 sensor. Really? But- so you tell me. You know what I mean? There's got to be something to it. Yeah. Well, we got about you know, and, we got so about uh, five minutes left. What else would you like to talk about? We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about <laughs> sex in the American worm. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you said that, Bill's jumping for joy right now because he wants you to come down here and soup up his van. <laughs> you know, it's a family show, so we got to keep it clean. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got going on there, Bill? <laughs> it, it, it has 350,000 miles. I, I, I want to get it where it's like the roof's cut off, some extra some extra area where I could put my DJ crap in the back and, and a place to sleep and some big, okay. big, and bigger tires and a, and a bigger engine. And, and an you air- want hydros on it or you want airbags? I, you know, I mean, we can go all out. If we're going to go, let's go. <laughs> and air, air conditioning. They don't have any air conditioning. Dude, we can we can just strap an AC unit on the, on the roof, man. That's right. Don't be scared. Well, I was hoping and duct tape it. And duct tape it. I was, I was hoping to I was hoping to cut it off like a convertible. Then, if I wanted to make it back into in you know 
like like a big sunroof type of deal. Oh, okay, we can do that. Yeah. Well, there could, you go. Could you do that? Well, for- see, then we don't have to worry about global warming because we'll just put a big AC unit on it. Well, we'll so- have one of the hoses blowing on you, <laughs> and then when you drive around, we'll just cool everything else in the area. Because you, <laughs> you, you you haven't you know you, you've been getting in front of a camera, but you haven't got on a microphone yet. So if you come on Rob's show, you know this could be part of the episode that I'm his engineer, and then Rob's show becomes popular through your TV show. There you go. See, I'm thinking popularity through osmosis. Through osmosis, exactly. <laughs> He's got Actually, some- you know what? I got a cool project that I got to tell you about. Okay. I just walked out in front of my house, and I, for- I forgot all about it. You're going to love this. Okay. My friend, Todd Gold, he owns Streamline Auto Parts. Have you ever heard of him? No. Streamline, he owns Genie Shifters. Genie Shifters, Have yeah, that, that's familiar. We got three minutes he's left. A, <laughs> he's out of Colorado. I got a 1954 Metro. Yeah. I'm oh. up an, an 03 Corvette and putting the whole, my plan is to put the driveline in the International Metro. Oh, wow. Now, that'll be super. That's a little short wheelbase, Jobby? Yeah. There's a guy down here that's got a 401 Buick, excuse me, yeah, 401 Nailhead with a pair of quads on it and a little uh, sliced and diced little Metro convertible, and he's got a narrowed 9-inch underneath that thing. And when you look at the car, it's just totally unmolested. No, you're talking about a Nash Metropolitan, and I'm talking about an International Metro, an old bread truck. Oh, a bread truck. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, you're yeah, you're talking about the, the, the yeah, you're talking about the Metropolitan. That that's 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 called that's called trick my trick my engineer's vehicle. Trick my yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a brake truck, man. That's that's going in when I get the when I get the Camaro out. Oh wow, that'd be super. Now yeah, that's, I forgot all about that. I just what, walked outside and said, I gotta tell you about that. What year's yeah. I think? The the bread truck, what year is it? Oh, is that got like that rounded front end on it and everything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a cool truck. Very. I saw one of those on uh, either e- eBay or someplace, Craigslist or something like that. I saw one of those for. The- hey, are you familiar with the website bringatrailer.com, dot com? B A T. No. If you get a chance, Google that B A T bringatrailer dot com. They got some funky stuff on there every once in a while, and a lot of it comes from out west. It's kind of weird, but every once in a while, something like that will show up. Some old van, some old car, some old. Really? You know, a set of wheels on three, you know, something running around on three wheels is something that was built back in the day, you know, usually yeah. 40s, 50s, and 60s. But they got some interesting stuff on there. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, that's really that's cool. cool. Did I tell you I There's wanted to say something? One. I want to say it's a oldcars.com old or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like eBay, but it's all old stuff. I, I stumbled on it. I don't even remember the name of it. But they had some really cool stuff. They got so the, like, yeah, I need to build a car hole. That's what I want to get. Something that's what you thing. need to do. Get something like that. Yeah, like those old 30s jobbies, 40s jobbies, yeah. and then put a late model driveline underneath it, and then you got your car hole or a ramp truck. Exactly. Uh-oh, the music's popping up. The, Are they kicking us off? Yeah, he's getting ready. We got uh, thir- 20 seconds. Well, anyway, hey, I want to everybody, thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. My guest this evening was Lou Santiago from CarFix, host of Muscle Car TV and the Ultimate Build-Off. Hey, Lou, don't go away. Hang on to the phone because I'm going to catch you right after the show. Meanwhile, I want to thank everybody else for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Check out all the cool stuff. If you need an appraisal, give me a call, 727-541-1741. Be sure and check out some of the upcoming car shows and events on our calendar, on our events page. All right, hopefully I'll see you at some of those. Meanwhile, everybody, take care, drive safely, love your family, and tune in next week. Hey, next week's 4th of July. Everybody have a good 4th of July. 